0: The following program is made possible by the friends and partners of Creation Today. The book of Genesis describes a catastrophe like no other. And you've probably heard of it. It was called the global flood. Problem is lots of people today question whether the event ever actually happened. And if it didn't, well, that would mean that the Bible is wrong. So can we discover the truth about this supposed biblical event in history? Welcome to the Creation Today Show, where we bring together interviews with experts and solid Bible teaching. Your host, Eric Hovind, affirms the ultimate authority of God's Word, the truth of creation, and why it matters to you. Welcome to the Creation Today Show, guys. I am being joined live by our Creation Today Partners, Hey guys, great to see you on here uh, Maynard and Lisa and Lisa and Nate and Sue and William and Cheryl and Gary and Barbara and Andrew and Andrew on here twice <laughs> Hey guys, so glad you guys are hanging out with me today uh, I, I, I am loving learning and getting discipled each week with you guys with all of our guests that we have on Here and you guys have been having a great conversation in the chat every single week. Love your input Thank you guys for that, I really do uh, appreciate it. Uh, Your comments are always encouraging and fun and many times, Gary, insightful. I do love the way you guys comment on here. Hey, we wanna send a welcome to the Facebook, YouTube, and podcast and television audience out there that are joining us for today's show. Guys, we really are thankful that you guys are joining us for the first half of this conversation. I just wanna remind you that you're just one step away from being part of what we do here at Creation Today. And we really would be delighted to see your family or your business partner with Creation Today. Uh, It's it's our partners that allow us to produce resources. It allows us to run our outreach campaigns. And ultimately it's what allows us to, to help turn stumbling blocks into stepping stones for people all around the world. And that's ultimately our goal. Uh, just as a way of saying thank you for being our partner, we let you join the conversation live on Zoom to ask our guests questions, and you get access to our Creation Today Plus platform, which it gives you access to all of our online resources, past, present, and future. So we'd love to see you. Come on over to creationtoday.org slash partner to join us. Guys, this is going to be a good show, okay? A book came out in 2021 called Echoes of Ararat, And this book is nothing short of amazing. The author of the book has done some incredible research, pulling together the the traditions, the, the legends and stories from Native American groups in both North and South America. And in this book, this one book, he documents over 300 legends of the worldwide flood. The researcher behind all of these legends is our guest today the author of Echoes of Era. ladies and gentlemen? Please welcome Nick Lagori. Nick, welcome to the Creation Today Show.
1: Thank you for having me, Eric. It's an honor.
0: No, it's it's an honor to have you, buddy. Because I'm serious. The amount of in uh, information that you packed into this book—over 300 flood legends—I I, I literally was blown away when this when I first saw this in uh, in early 2022. Could not believe how much you had done. Y- you gotta. I mean, you got to tell us a little bit about the why you did this and the how this came about, because this doesn't seem like uh, your, your average, ordinary, you know, high school research project for a science fair or something like that. You've done some extensive work here.
1: Well, I don't want to take too much credit for this. I've, I've had a lot of uh, uh, other people that have helped me to, to put this together, other writers that have gone before me. Um, and this was, I felt... God calling me to do this and I was reluctant at first but um I, I I had to do this um just to give you a little background about kind of how this came together you know I, I came to Christ on, on a college campus right and and there was a lot of hostility towards Christianity uh professors and fellow students that that were uh, anti uh, very much anti-christian um arguments that 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 we that we face and so um, I immediately realized the, the importance of apologetics right and of having answers to questions and and being able, able to expose fallacies Man. and show why the Bible is the best explanation um so I'm and, and and Genesis is is such an important book right for worldview for the the very foundation of the gospel uh for for why are we here and all the big questions uh you know how do we interpret geology uh the origin of life and things, things like that well, so I, but I came across the subject of flood legend. I was reading a book um, and and the author mentions there are hundreds of flood legends that, that match Genesis on particular details. And I thought, huh, that's fascinating. And I'd heard this before, but I, it really caught me. And I, and I wanted to dig deeper into this and see how good is the evidence really? And so I went about acquiring books, um, Francois Lenormand, and, and uh, Sir James George Frazier and all these other books. And then I um I wanted to go back to the the early, the original sources. And so I began researching individual tribes. And there was one occasion, I think it was the Cherokee tribe. And I'm reading their history, their, these their sacred traditions, and they say, I'm reading an account that looks just like Genesis. And I'm, and I'm like, hold on, let me take my glasses off. This sounds just like Genesis. Reread it. Okay, yep, I read I read it right. That's the Genesis flood. What is that doing in the Cherokee Nation's history? What is that doing in the Apache Nation's history in in China, in Southeast Asia, in Africa, all over the world? Um, so I was I was blown away by, by the evidence. Um, getting into it, I didn't know how strong it would be. Maybe the evidence wouldn't be there, but it was absolutely there. Um, Paul says we can do nothing against the truth, but only for the truth. So if something's true, we're going to find confirmation and evidence. If something's a lie, we're going to find fallacies and uh, evidence that exposes it and i've been blown away i felt i had a duty to write this book right um and um just that you know think about a a christian student or any any student being bombarded by these arguments and i found it so liberating uh whether it was reading the case for christ to see wow there's actually evidence for this and as i'm reading this or or other things wow there's evidence for for genesis are you kidding me um so it's it's just amazing and i think it's a uh a a thing that can impact lives um i I hope my book can play a small part in that
0: well i hope so too and i'm hoping a lot of you will get a copy of nick's book echoes of ararat it's available at creationtoday.org. but first i want to actually give away a couple copies of your book so we got people on youtube people on facebook uh to our partners right here um podcast i I don't know how to give away the book to. maybe if you send us an email and you're the first one to send us an email We'll, we'll this, send an email to me, org, And the first one from the podcast listeners, you get a copy of his book. Uh, but on Facebook and YouTube, all you got to do is make a comment and we'll pick somebody from both Facebook and YouTube. Just comment. What does Kent say? Kent says he wants you to comment. I want that book. So just make a comment. I want that book. And while you guys are making that comment or those comments, Nick, can you go through the biblical history for us real quick? Track for us what the Bible says about about the flood and some of the details that that it gives and kind of what you're looking for in the similarities between what the Bible says and what others say. Can you do that while they're making those comments?
1: Yeah. So in Genesis 6, it describes how uh, mankind was... Evil and just the the, the thoughts of of uh, the the mind of man were just evil continually the violence upon the earth, um, and so it provoked God to send a flood in judgment. This was an act of divine judgment. Um, but God warned Noah and and told him, "You've got to build the this this great ark this way with these dimensions. You've got to uh, bring bring a pair of animals of of every kind of animals. Uh, take your family." And and then it talks about the, the, the fountains of the, the great deep being unleashed and and the, the windows of heaven. Uh the flood comes, it lasts over a year, right? The ark lands on a high mountain of Ararat. And eventually there are these uh, Noah sends he, he sends a raven and then he sends a dove. And the dove on the second trip returns with a freshly plucked olive leaf, right? As a sign that the waters were receding. Um They eventually come out of the ark repopulate the earth uh noah Noah offers a a sacrifice of thanksgiving to god Uh, and then of course you have the tower of babel uh sometime after that so those are some of the particulars that, that we can look for and compare uh tribal texts and traditions with uh all over the world
0: and and these details that are given in scripture i mean there's some unique things. they like, well, why why would he talk about the raven and then talk about the dove? I mean, that's just kind of some some unique details that are given. And yet you've been able to discover discover some of those same details in legends, not even mentioned in the Bible.
1: Absolutely. I can give you a a few examples. Uh, And this is in the book. If we go to North Dakota, there was a tribe called the Mandans. Uh, a Sioux language family tribe. And in the first half of the 1800s, an explorer named um, George Catlin uh, went there and, and he befriended them and was privileged enough to witness their annual ceremony, the sacred event that commemorated the flood long ago. They And the ceremony lasted several days, but it featured a tribal elder who acted out the role of the old man uh, who they, they called Numak Munkana, who was basically Noah, and the, and the whole tribe would witness this. And and he would retell them about the flood and how long ago he, uh, New Monk Munkana, landed a, a, a great canoe um, on a mountain far to the west, uh, that, that, that the Great Spirit sent this flood in judgment, that he was forewarned and, and prepared this great canoe, um, that he was the only survivor, landed on, on the high mountain Um, And then get this, they, that tribe uh, holds the turtle dove in highest honor. They even trained their dogs to do it no harm. Uh, You know, Fido, you cannot harm that bird because the turtle dove is the one that returned, they say, with a willow twig and a willow leaf in its beak as a sign that the flood was going down. Um, And they even believe that that they had to offer an annual sacrifice to the water. Otherwise, it would be another flood um so and we find that we find these tribes with these sacred uh memorials of the flood uh gathering on some mountain in new york or texas or california or arizona to commemorate the flood and to offer thanksgiving to god uh to to the great spirit they often say for letting their ancestors survive um we could go to um the wallapai tribe of Northern Arizona, they have at Spirit Mountain, they have these ancient rock carvings, uh, long predating European arrival. That, uh, and this mountain was held in high honor by them and neighboring tribes, that these rock carvings depict um, uh, an old man sending a bird twice. And on one of its trips, it returns with a blade of grass in its beak. Uh, another rock carving shows eight people being carried across the water uh from the mountain in some kind of vessel and 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 so and and they they, now they and both these tribes they add they add their own twist on and they one of them has a ram's horn that's used to to cut the blockage and let the water drain and things like that um so many examples we could give just to kind of summarize here's a quote from george catlin he says amongst 120 different tribes that i visited in north south and central america not a tribe exists that has not related to me Distinct or vague traditions of some such a calamity in which one, three, or eight persons were saved above the waters on top of a high mountain, um, and he was just blown away by it. And he said, "You know that that these people would have a tradition of the flood is by no means surprising, as I've learned from every tribe that I've visited. They that they all have some mountain, some high mountain, where they say it that the big canoe landed. And um, we, we could there's so many places we could look at. We could look at different variations on it." Um, some are clearer than others, but there's always that specificity, uh, these, these details that match Genesis, that, that it's, hold on, that's the signature of the Genesis flood. Um, and it's, I, I find it overwhelming, it's if, if Genesis is true, this is exactly the kind of evidence we expect to find. If Genesis is not true, if we're living in a, in a secular world, this is the last thing we should expect to find.
0: I sit here and I hear the stories. I mean I've read some of them in in the book as I went through and I had to get a presentation ready and I'm like, "Oh my goodness, which one do you pick?" I mean it's literally one after another after another and if I remember correctly it's 333 in this book uh, mm-hmm. that you went through and you actually categorized it. What do we do with the the what do we do with the differences? Because I know skeptics will probably try to point out the differences as a a, a way to, you know, get rid of or discount the the stories and say, Oh, those are just talking about, you know, some local events. Uh, how how do you address that?
1: You would be hard pressed to make that argument. Um, are are we supposed to believe that it's a local flood, that it's some random event, or maybe just the, the human psychology causes us to make, make up these flood stories? Uh, they, they refer to the dove and returning with something in its beak, the a, a burnt offering, sac- kind of sacrifice after the flood. The, the the construction of a great canoe. The divine judgment. The forewarning of an old man to prepare this vessel, taking animals, taking his family aboard the ark. Um, it's just a non-starter. Um, I and, and and that's one reason I wrote this book is that those are those are um, barriers, right? Uh, intellectual barriers that, that that are put up. But it doesn't fit the data, and they're not true. And those barriers have to come down. Um, like Second Corinthians ten says, you know, we we are um, destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, um, and we are taking every thought captive to obedience uh, to Christ. Um, there there's just too much specificity. Um, there, there are other. You know, and and we can we can talk about it later. But the other argument is that that these are the product of you know missionaries got there and influenced the tribes, taught them Christian beliefs.
0: Yeah. So, well, I'm curious what you say about that because I'm thinking I'm thinking of all the different excuses people have made. I mean, we've got people inside Christianity saying, "Hey, it wasn't a global flood; it was just a local flood," and I, I. I cannot read. You put Genesis six, seven, eight, nine, and eleven right at the beginning of your book. Uh, I, I think strategically, obviously, to say here's what the Bible says. Now, how do these compare to it? But you cannot read those four simple chapters. You are five chapters. You you cannot read those without going. This sounds like a worldwide flood. I mean, verse after verse, worldwide, whole heavens under the whole earth, all flesh. I mean, it just Everything. Yeah. It sounds like a worldwide flood. So we got people inside the church that are claiming that it wasn't a worldwide flood. We've got um other things that are that skeptics are using, like like you just said, maybe you know, Christian missionaries taught them this, and then somehow it they supposedly became part of their ancestor history. And then you got like things like the Epic of Gilgamesh as well. So talk through some of these supposed problems with these flood stories, and then I want to hit a couple more flood stories because I find these fascinating.
1: Yeah, and it, and it's no problem, by the way, to find differences. We should expect to find differences, right? They, There was a Tower of Babel, there was a confusion of languages, and then the tribes went their separate ways, migrated across the earth. They, in most cases, preserved these traditions orally uh, from generation to generation, and, and they've preserved them far better than, than I would be able to uh, with their memory skills. But of course, there are going to be differences. But there are enough similarities and and also we can look within language families and and that's one of the, the the reasons why this the argument that well it's it's influence is a non-starter because we can look within language families and when they're consistent with it, within a language family that confirms the authenticity there's there's native material uh again we ancient sources we have multiple attestation of uh the traditions of a tribe we early, very early sources, many of them um, not only predating Christian arrival in, in, in the Western Hemisphere, but even predating Christ. Um, Josephus writes in the first century that you know all barbarian nations uh, make mention of this flood and of the ark. Um, and and the 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 idea that it's local, there's just there's just too much in, in Genesis to to <laughs> prevent us from from saying that. If why why okay, Noah, I need you to, to spend years building this ark to survive a local flood. Then take okay. birds on, wh- why do the birds need to go in? Um, and if if it was a local flood, then with the rainbow, this sign, uh, God says, I promise that I will never again destroy the earth with flood. Well, if that was a local flood, then that was a lie because there have been many oh. very devastating local floods. Um. So we, we, um, but as far as, you know, I, I just want to put the the uh, Christian missionary influence to bed because uh, like I say, we we have early sources, we have multiple attestation. we have these ancient ceremonies. Um, we have ancient rock carvings in in Mexico, we have six or seven uh, tribes or nations that had these ancient paintings depicting the flood with again, very very clear uh, specific similarities to Genesis. Uh, we have we have rock carvings as well in Venezuela. Um,
0: do you have, I, I did not pull up for Canandu to put in, do you have the uh, the pictures in the book? I, I forgot to look for those of the rock carvings. Is that something you were able to get images of?
1: Not in the book, but I have an article um, on, on the Entrance in Genesis website uh, of saw Central okay. and South America, where the Aztecs had a very clear memory of, uh, they, they show the first woman speaking with a serpent. And behind where they show two twin uh sons fighting with each other. Now, does that ring any bells in Genesis?
0: Yeah. Wow. Serpent in the Garden of Eden, Cain killed his brother Abel. I mean, that's literally directly, and that's in the Aztecs in South America.
1: Yeah. And and that's no exception. We 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 find these memories of Eve and uh stories where they'll they'll even combine uh events in Genesis like they'll say a serpent tempted a woman and then a flood ensued or a fruit was stolen from a tree and a flood ensued Uh, uh, two brothers fought you know one attacked the other and then a flood ensued so it's all there and in the end it it, it's not like well we okay there's this general flood they're pointing to Genesis specifically Genesis is the one that stands out that these all put in in focus it has the elements to explain all the other ones it's it's the base of the tree ancestrally it's it's the original memory that was uh, recorded by Noah and, and passed down by the people groups as they left Babel.
0: And I see what you're saying. We would kind of expect a little bit of variance. Uh, how many generations approximately has it been since the flood? Do you happen to remember that? I'm um, the number f- around 44 is what comes to my mind, but I don't remember exactly approximately how many generations we would have in the last 4,400 years. Um, I guess it'd be more than 44, wouldn't it? That's a hundred years per yeah. generation. So it'd be more like three, 120 generations, maybe that's what it is. At, at least hundred, yeah, <laughs> like one,
1: 150 even.
0: So you're talking about something passed down from generation, even, even though you could have overlapping and up to a grandfather to grandson or great grandfather to great grandson, so you'd have overlapping, you'd still have somewhere around 40 to 100, you know, kind of passings of the baton. And when I think of the telephone game or the telegraph game, if you ever played that in school where you, Whisper something, and this person's ear, and then they whisper in the next ear. And if you do that, you do that as a kid. I go. The fact that this this legend of the flood has been passed down for somewhere around a hundred different times, for it still to have all those similarities, it's actually really impressive, isn't it?
1: It is. Uh, like I say, I would I would not be able to remember that well. I think we we have the capacity for for very good memory if we use that part of our brain. Um, it, it's, and when these are, these were held as a sacred tradition. These were, th- this was not some fable to them. This, this was dead serious. They, it was seared into their memory that there was this flood and uh, as a sacred tradition, they pass it down very carefully.
0: I'm going to say, we have a search engine called searchcreation.org. And so I'm, it indexes the top apologetic websites in the world. Uh, and I'm just wondering how many human generations there have been. So I went to searchcreation.org. How many generations since the flood and some, one of you guys ought to find that for me. Uh, yeah, and naturally,
1: if, if it's a piece of evidence that we find in the year 1600, then that's, that's a few less generations than if we find it in 1900. So some, some of these sources are earlier than others, and, and some are very ancient.
0: So from Adam to Jesus, which is uh, around 4,000 years, we clearly see uh, 76 listed generations is what i'm seeing oh my mom said she, i'm trying to find that for you okay mom i'll let you find that for me how many generations but to have to have these come through and to have them that clear uh is is a is a great point i only got a couple minutes I'll let social media go but it, let me ask you this nick are there are there legends that predate the biblical accounts so by the time moses is recording this do we have i mean can, can we see where this got started? And is it like this one set the record straight? And any thoughts on that?
1: Well, Moses lets us know in Genesis that he had sources. He refers in in Genesis 5 to, this is the book of the generations of Adam. Uh, he, there, there's this Hebrew word, toledo, 11 times uh, that means record or history um, or, or generations. And so, we we it, I believe we have very clear evidence in Genesis that that noah uh had a journal of the flood and and this was passed down uh the the patriarchs passed down these records abraham isaac jacob joseph and moses used these these to record scripture um i mean certainly i I heard this argument in college that you know moses plagiarized the the flood story from the the babylonian epic, epic of gilgamesh um and it's, it's, it's just a, a fallacious argument. Um, I refute this at length in the appendix of my book, uh, as well as an article online, uh, The Myth of the Flood Myth. You, you can read that in detail um, based on historical considerations, the, the texts themselves doing a direct comparison and then comparing the, the Babylonian and the Genesis version with tribal versions. They They all point to Genesis as the original. Uh, there are historical and scientific reasons that point to Genesis as the original. And and yeah, I just want to encourage your listeners that you know this matters. Uh, it, you know, and I know, like, like you mentioned, there are Christians that say, "Well, I you know, I think it was just a local flood, or you know, I I don't really care." But it, it it matters, and it's it's not. I didn't write this book just because I'm interested in boats and weather and pre- precipitation and runoff. Although I am a civil <laughs> engineer, but no, it, th- this. it's a gospel integrity issue. We're talking about the foundation of the gospel. Paul in Romans 5, you know, because we say it doesn't matter, but then look, look what Paul says in Romans 5, making the case why Jesus is the savior of the world. He cites Adam. He refers to Adam nine or 10 times. Um, And the, the point is that Adam brought sin, brought death into the world by sinning. And so if we lose the flood, we're going to we're going to lose Adam. We're going to lose the Garden of Eden in the fall. Yeah. We're going to be left with a mythical a mythical Adam, a mythical Garden of Eden, a mythical sin and death problem, uh, a mythical flood, and a mythical Jesus offering us a mythical hope. Um, but if, if the flood is true, then we have a true Adam. We are really literally the children of Adam and Eve. They are our first father and mother, and they sinned and brought death and God's judgment into the world. The the flood is a record of God's judgment. We have, so we have a true sin and death problem, just as Paul says in Romans 5, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, and we have a true savior, Jesus, offering us a true salvation, a true hope of eternal life, a true antidote to the sin and death problem. Um, And and Jesus attested by prophecy of of, of scripture, by eyewitness testimony, so, you know, we're, we're gonna if we just waffle on this issue and say the flood doesn't matter, we, we've got to realize the consequences. If we're gonna lose the foundation of the gospel. We're gonna lose Romans five. We're gonna lose anyone like Romans eight. We're gonna lose that. We're gonna lose Ephesians two. We're gonna lose 1 Corinthians fifteen. Luke three. We're, we're some can, we're gonna lose all that. So wow.
0: it matters. Yeah, the the gospel. You could almost say the gospel really is at stake with this issue. I mean, Christ dying. To pay the penalty of sin, death coming into the world because of sin, death starting with Adam, us literally tracing our lineage back to Noah, and all these tribes doing the exact same thing, saying we all came from Noah, uh, and then from there back to Adam and Eve. It 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 really does become it, it the gospel is at stake because of this issue. Yeah. Why did Christ die? Wow. Yeah.
1: We're talking about our sin and and death was credited. Our sin and judgment was credited to Jesus, right. um, and and we have the opportunity for His righteousness to be credited to us. Um, it, it Genesis is the foundation of you know worldview, um, and in, in 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 the mind of Paul, Peter, Jesus, it's true. We 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 have to hold the same view of Scripture as Jesus did, that that, that Paul did, that it's inerrant, that it is the Word of God.
0: Amen to that. I, well, a couple of you guys on social media and uh, a couple of our partners are going to get this right now. But the rest of you, please go to creationtonight.org and grab a copy of Echoes of Ararat because of what, because of what was just said. Uh, what Nick is saying is so true. It is it is foundational to the, the rest of the Bible. The Gospels are at stake uh, based on the book of Genesis. So. Uh to so YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube, I appreciate you guys commenting. I want that book. Uh, the winner of today's copy is Lyndon Carolison. Carol Lessine. Uh, Lyndon, you are the winner. I need you to write to us uh, comments at creationtoday.org with uh, comments at creationtoday.org so we can have your information and send you this book. And on Facebook, uh, Jonathan Ritter is watching on Facebook. You are the winner of the Echoes of Ararat book by Nick. Uh, you're gonna, you're just going to absolutely love this. Uh, it truly is incredible. And to our partners, I appreciate, I saw it earlier. Um, somebody said they already got it from Bruce Malone. They were like, oh, Bruce, Bruce gave me a copy of that. Or, I got a copy from Bruce. Love Bruce. Gary had done it. No wonder you're so smart. You get somebody comments on here. Do what?
1: Appreciate that, Bruce.
0: Yeah, Bruce is amazing. Uh, so, but, uh, for, for our partners, uh, Dennis, uh, Andrew and Jonathan and Cheryl, are you guys serious? You're, they're giving away like, okay, by the way, I, I should, since we're giving away that many copies of this book, um, this, this giveaway is sponsored by Master Books. Okay. They're the ones who publish Nick's book for him. Shout out to Masterbooks.com, an amazing organization. And they don't just have books like this. They've got a number of resources. We carry as many as we possibly can because we love the work that they do. But they are they are filtering everything through a biblical worldview and say we want to share this truth with the world. So um There's a great one from so, so, Master Books. Uh, which one's that? Snelling. Yes, Earth's
1: catastrophic past. I, I highly recommend this to all your uh, viewers.
0: Andrew is amazing. But same thing, looking at geology and going, you're looking at the legends, he's looking at geology, then are they the ones who published? I know that there, there's the whole um, uh, genetic information that they do. Um, Dr. Nathaniel Jensen's new. book yes, or- traced. Traced, I was thinking that they did that as well. That goes through the genetics. So genetically, we are traced to Noah and Adam and Eve. Uh, uh, Historically, we are traced to Noah and Adam and Eve and all of history uh, reveals that. Geologically, we are traced to the Noah's flood account. So no matter which field you go with, if they all do converge and say, guess what? Guess what, guys? God's word got it right. This is absolutely true. It really, uh, it really did happen. God's Word got it right, so I love it. So anyway, I don't know if I listened to all these, but uh, for our partners, Dennis, Andrew, Jonathan, Cheryl, Maynard, and Lisa, the girls in the office are just like, you know what? Let's just say thank you to Masterbooks a whole bunch of times and give this one to all of you guys. Thank you for partnering with us. We sure do appreciate it. Um, Nick, what are your plans for the future? I got to let Facebook go. Oh, I got to let you guys go. But real quick, what what are your plans for the future? Are there this is just North and South America, from what I was reading. Correct?
1: Yeah, I'm working on volume two now. Um, wow! Like I mentioned, I I've, I've been blown away by the amount of evidence. I, I'm literally inundated by evidence right now. So I, I've got I've I've had to make the decision to split up this thing into three volumes. So but I'm working on volume two, which is going to cover just Asia. We'll leave uh, Africa, Europe, and the Middle East for volume three. A lot of work to do.
0: There's that many. I mean, I could not believe because I had heard 350 around the world. You have 333 just from North and South America. Right. So how many? How many do you think we're going to end up with by the time we're done? A thousand. Oh uh, my goodness.
1: We should. We should, we should get close to a thousand. And by the way, we've lost a lot. There, there have been a lot of tribes that have disappeared. We didn't capture their information in time. This is just what we found.
0: Oh, that is amazing. Hey, Facebook, YouTube, podcast, television audience. Love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. i got a great show for you next week. Uh, next week, I want to I talk about oil. Did dinosaurs get turned into oil? What's the truth about oil? Uh, it's the... It's the liquid gold that seems to run the world. Uh, Where did it come from and how do we get that? And is it evidence for a young earth? Is it evidence for God's word being true or is it evidence for the evolution worldview? talk about that next week with my friend, Dr. Tim Clary. It's gonna be a great conversation. Can't wait for you to join us live at noon, right here uh, on these social media platforms. Uh, I got to let you guys go. I'd love to see you next week. If you want to continue the conversation with Nick and I and any of the other guests we have along with our Creation Today partners, please come over to creationtoday.org slash partner and you can join in on these conversations. I love them.